It's so good to see all our ladies here today. My goodness, I wonder if there's any ladies that enjoyed the ladies' conference. Amen. Over the weekend. Thank the Lord. 48 of our wonderful ladies went to Columbus this weekend and had a great time in the Holy Ghost at the Arise and Shine Ladies Conference. I think that's wonderful. This weekend, the men's ministry is going to be going to men's conference, and God will bless them as well. And we thank the Lord for the great people of God who comprise the Tree of Life Church. Amen. Thank you for growing in grace. Thank you for growing in knowledge. People talk about church growth. Church growth is found in people growth. Churches grow when people grow. And so we thank the Lord for the great spiritual growth that is occurring in the lives of the believers. Judges chapter 6 and verse 23. I love this verse of scripture. and Just right off the bat. The Lord said unto him, peace be unto thee. Fear not, thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day it is yet an Ophrah of the Abiezrites. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it. And build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place. And take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was because he feared his father's household and the men of the city that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down and the grove was cut down that was by it and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they said one to another, Who hath done this thing? When they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, hath done this thing. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out thy son that he may die, because he hath cast down the altar of Baal, and because he hath cut down the grove that was by it. And Joash said unto all that stood against him, Will you plead for Baal? Will you save Baal? He that will... Plead for him, let him be put to death whilst it is yet morning. If he be a God, let him plead for himself, because one hath cast down his altar. Therefore, on that day, he called him Jeroboam, saying, Let Baal plead against him, because he hath thrown down his altar. Amen. I want to preach to you for just a few moments this morning on the subject, the man who contended with Baal. The man who contended with Baal. Could we just look to the Lord and ask his grace upon the remaining moments of this service? Lord, I thank you for your goodness to us. I thank you for your blessing. I thank you for your word, oh God. We rely upon your word. Lord, we can do nothing without you. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would minister in this house according to your plentiful mercies, your loving kindness. God, I pray that you will give unto us the heavenly manna that can satisfy our soul and edify the body of Christ. I pray this in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. 
And everybody said amen. And amen. You may be seated this morning in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let me, if I may, introduce to some and reacquaint to others this man by the name of, of Gideon. He was one of the great and noble characters, if you please, of the Bible. And he had a very unique story. He defeated the Midianite army with only 300 men. And he had those 300 men with a very unusual war strategy. He told them to to take their lamps and at the given signal to shatter their lamps and let a, a light, a pitcher actually that contained a lamp and let the light of that lamp shine forth and to shout the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. And at that, all of the Midianite army, which was a very well put together army, an intimidating force. And they ran for their lives when they saw the war strategy of these people of Israel, the 300 men of Gideon. It's a very interesting story. Now, we meet Gideon in an unusual place. He's down by a wine press. And the Bible says that he's threshing wheat down by the wine press. That's not where you thresh wheat, just for the record. You thresh wheat up on a mountaintop. There's a reason for that. It, it's, it's necessary because part of the th- wheat threshing process is that you, you take, after the oxen have stomped the stalks of wheat, you then take that wheat and you, you throw it into the air. And it needs to be on the mountaintop because the breezes from the ocean will confront the wheat that's in the air, knocking the chaff loose from the wheat. The chaff will be driven away and the good kernels of grain will come back down to the ground. And that's why they use mountaintops. Gideon was not on a mountaintop. He was down by a wine press, tucked away in the vineyards. Why? Because of the Midianites. The scripture teaches us that the Midianites had greatly impoverished Israel. Every time that Israel would develop a new crop, a new harvest, the Midianites would come in like locusts for multitude and would steal the crop, steal the harvest that the, Midian, that the Israelites had developed. The Israelites sowed it. The Israelites developed it, cultivated, nurtured it harvested it and at that time here would come the Midianites and would steal it away it was a terrible set of circumstances it had been going on for seven years the Midianites were greatly impoverishing the children of Israel and the Bible says that Gideon was down by the wine press. He dare not take the wheat up onto a mountaintop where all of the Midianites could see him from a distance And would know the wheat harvest has arrived. Let's move in. Let's take it. And let's go. 
So very secretly, Gideon is down there hoping against hope. It's not even possible that it be done, but he's hoping against hope that he can somehow get some kind of a random breeze that will have enough force to knock the chaff away from the grain and cause the wheat to be threshed. But it's, it's, it's unlikely, and, and yet there he is trying to thresh the wheat down by the wine press. And the scripture says that the angel of the Lord appeared to him. The angel of the Lord saw the distress. He saw the unfairness, the injustice. The Lord had seen that this was a terrible persecution that had been exacted upon the children of Israel. And he sent his angel to minister unto Gideon. And this is what he told Gideon. He said, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. What an amazing statement to make to a guy who's hiding out down by a wine press, hoping not to be seen by the enemy. Gideon didn't even know who he was talking to. He thought, I'm the only Gideon around here. Who's he talking to? There must be some other Gideon who is a mighty man of valor. But see, the Lord knows what's inside of us. Because he put it there. And the Lord knows that you are not as you see yourself. When you look upon yourself with, with such a low self-image. And you take into account all that you are and have experienced. And you hold those things against yourself. God doesn't hold those things against you. God sees you for who he created you to be. Hallelujah. You mighty man of valor. Oh, thank God. You mighty woman of valor. Thank the Lord. Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. God is going to bless you. He's anointed you. He set you apart for his purpose. You're going to go against the Midianites. They will not have authority over you any longer. The time has come that God is going to deliver you out of the hand of your oppressor. Your adversary will not have authority over you any longer because something changes today. Something shifts right now. Oh, Gideon, you mighty man of valor, something is shifting. I'm placing the confirmation of God upon your life to let you know, hallelujah, that God's going to give you the victory. God's going to give you the victory. And Gideon had trouble believing that right at the first because, I mean, my goodness, you know who I am. I'm, I'm Gideon. Let's not forget who I am. And I just don't really think I'm the, the kind of guy that's going to be this mighty man of valor and lead armies and overtake the Midianites. And, and, and so he's struggling with this. He said, I'm, I'm the least in my father's house, and, and I'm from the tribe of Benjamin, and I, I just don't, I don't really think I'm, I'm the guy. But here I am hearing the word of the Lord say that I'm going to be the man God has anointed me to be. So he, he did something unique. He, he said, Lord, if it is true, then I want you to give me a sign. Now, I'm just going to warn you. You don't, you don't really talk to God like that. God, God there, are, there are instances where God would give signs, but, but that's not really how God operates. God would rather you not need a sign. God would rather you walk merely by faith in his word. God would rather that you just step out onto the water, hallelujah, and say, Lord, I trust you. I believe in you. He said that a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And so he told Thomas, 
Thomas, you, see, you believe because you see. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So Gideon's taking a little risk, but God knows where he is. God knows he means no harm in it. And so God's going to go ahead and work with, it, with what Gideon, where Gideon is. And God says, all right, what kind of sign do you want? I'm going to set out this fleece. And when I set out this fleece, I, I want you to cause the fleece to be saturated with dew, but I want everything around it to be dry. That's exactly what happened. Then he said, God, I'm, gonna, I'm still not convinced, because that could have been coincidental. So he said, I want you to go ahead and make everything around the fleece saturated with dew, but keep the fleece dry. I mean, it was such, a, such a, an interesting interaction with God, and God was going along with it. God was just dealing with Gideon's, where Gideon was in himself and, and leading him down this path of faith in God to the point that now when we talk about asking God for a confirmation or a sign, we actually call it fleecing God. It's not actually an action. We've become so used to it, we think that it means to ask God for a sign or confirmation. The reason it's called fleecing is because Gideon's confirmation revolved around a fleece of wool. And so he said, he said, I just need you to confirm. And God confirmed in both instances. And Gideon was amazed. But then God said to Gideon, I have something I want from you. See, I've anointed you, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to give Israel victory. The Midianites, the Midianites have, have so long persecuted my people. They've greatly impoverished my people. My people have planted crops and cultivated crops and harvested crops only to have those crops stolen from them. And they've been greatly impoverished, and that's all getting ready to stop. I want to move in on your behalf. I want to stand in the gap. I want to stand between you and your enemy. I want to fight for you. I want to put my sword in your hand, Gideon, and let you go forth and overcome your adversary. And I just know, I just know this morning that there's somebody in this house who has an enemy similar to the Midianites. Where it doesn't matter how hard you work or how much you try or how much you try to sow and reap. There seems to be an enemy that steps into your life and steals and kills and destroys. And you don't seem to be able to have a harvest of joy, a harvest of peace, a harvest of love, a harvest of harmony. It feels like you're greatly impoverished by your enemy. And God raised me up this morning to tell you it needs to change and it needs to change today. Something's about to shift in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, you hear what I'm telling you. The kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You were meant to have joy. You were meant to have peace of mind. You were meant to have harmony in your home. Hallelujah. I didn't say you wouldn't have problems, but I am saying your problems are not supposed to have authority over you. God said, Gideon, I want all of this for you, but there's a problem. There's something in your life. I can't move on your behalf until you deal with this thing in your world. 
There's something going on in your life, Gideon. And it's been around so long that you haven't, you haven't taken the time to recognize it as a, a preventative, preventative factor against the will of God in your life. But I've showed you, I want to overcome your adversary. I want to go out and fight for you. I want, to, I want to subdue the enemy in your life. But there's a problem. You've got an altar in your life, Gideon. That's preventing me from being Lord in your life. Gideon, it's not just your altar. It's your father's altar. There's some altars that your father built that still exist in your life. And they're preventing me from being Lord because this altar is built unto a different Lord. It's built unto a different God. And, and, and the altar, Gideon, Gideon's like, well, where, where do I need to go? What do I need to do? He said, you need to go cast down the altar of Baal. You've got to go up to the high place. You know what's so interesting to me is in all the, in all the years of hearing Gideon preached about, I just, I just don't really remember ever concentrating on this particular portion of the text. And it's the most vital portion of the text. Because nothing, no victory is had until the altar comes down. No, 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 no God fighting for me happens until the altar comes down. No God stepping in and subduing my adversary until the altar comes down. There are a lot of you that are shouting about victory, claiming victory, but you've got altars in your life that you won't tear down. They've got to come down so you can have victory in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You'll just, I, I, I ask your forgiveness in advance. My voice is doing all kinds of crazy stuff. It's trying to go out, but it's going to have to wait till I get done preaching. I don't mean to, I don't mean to croak through this sermon, but I'm going to get it out if I have to get it out because God wants somebody to know I am here to fight for you. Let me at him. Let me at him. Just give me the word. Just give me the opportunity. You need to tear down what needs to come down and build up what needs to be built up. Oh, hallelujah. He's pawing the ground. He's eager. He's ready. He wants to fight for you. I can hear the word of the Lord say, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Thank God. No, 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 Gideon. I, all of this victory, all of this glory, it's all great. But, but the problem is you've got an altar in your life. It's an altar passed down to you from your father. There are some things in our lives, they've been there so long, we don't see them as problematic. But Gideon, you're going to have to go deal with it. Now, Gideon looks at this altar. It's, it's an altar to Baal. Israel had begun worshiping Baal. Do you know that Baal is an all-consuming false god? Baal means master, possessor, lord, owner. That's who Israel was worshiping. There are many facets of Baal. There's Baal Peor, Baal Berith, Baal Cherez. This, this Baal 
was, was into everything. The Lord of the opening, the Lord of fortune, the Lord of the covenant. He, he was the Lord of the flies, Beelzebub. He was involved in so many different areas. They thought he had total control of their life. These are the descendants of the same people who saw the waters parted hither and thither. These are the descendants of the same people who saw the walls of Jericho fall down flat. These are the descendants of that man who heard God say, I will give you seed like the stars in the heavens and the sands of the sea. And he said to them, he said to him, just, just I will bless them that bless you and I'll curse them that curse you. I'll multiply your seed upon the face of the earth. And here they are, they're worshiping Baal. The Lord, the master, the possessor, the owner of everything. He was involved in their financial transactions. He was involved in their, in their harvesting of crops. He was involved in their good or bad fortune, if you please. They had superstitions about Baal and angering Baal. This was, it had become all-consuming. And it was so religious in its, in its uh, essence that when God told Gideon to tear it down, Gideon said, well, um, I have to do it by night because if somebody sees me tearing it down, they'll kill me. So I have to do it by night. So 10 of his servants went up with him to the high place and they tore down Baal's altar. They cast it down. They broke it down. Listen, you don't need to just put it out of business. You need to get it out of your life. You know what's interesting? God didn't just say, God didn't just say, break down the altar of Baal. He said, break down the altar of Baal and build an altar unto the Lord. You've got to break one altar down and you've got to build another altar up. So you've got to break down what you used to worship and build up who you worship now. That's how you're going to have victory in your life. You've got to break down the altar that's been built unto Baal and you've got to build up the altar that is built unto the Lord. And you know what's interesting about the word altar? Because you know if I talk about altar in this house, if I said, how many know where the altar is? You all know exactly where it is. It's right here. This is the altar. If I were to make an altar call, you know exactly where to go. This is the altar. But we have it in our mind that an altar is a thing we build. That the altar is a thing we build and then we make sacrifice upon the altar. But, but you got to understand something, ladies and gentlemen. When the Bible uses the word altar, the word altar itself means sacrifice. The word altar itself means sacrifice. We just happen to need a place to lay the sacrifice. So we have to build something up to lay a sacrifice. But the altar itself is the sacrifice. If you want to know where the altars are in your life, look where you're sacrificing. And that will tell you where your altar is and to whom your altar is built. Where are you sacrificing your time? Where are you sacrificing your energy? Where are you sacrificing financially? What are you sacrificing in terms of loving, in terms of being emotionally involved? Where are you sacrificing? Now see, see they, would, they, would, they would make a sacrifice and it, it actually means the slaughtering of an animal. So now, I know NFL season's starting up. And I know people are going to, people are going to lay down their altars. They call them tailgates. 
I know there's going to be a lot of chickens sacrificed upon the altar. There's going to be a lot of chicken wings offered. I'm going to tell you something. You've got to be careful where you're spending multiple hours of your time. I'm telling you, there are some people who will spend every single Sunday from noon to midnight offering themselves in the sacrifice of their time to the God of NFL. Let me explain something to you. Where you're putting your time and your energy and your money and your emotional devotion, that's your God. That's your God. That's your master. That's your possessor. That's your owner. That's your Lord. But my God said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Oh, hallelujah. When was the last time you just took time to bask in the presence of the Lord? When was the last time you spent multiple hours just refreshing yourself in the word of God? If you've got spare time, give that time to God. If you've got spare minutes or hours in a day, give it to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you have... Altars of, altars of iniquity that you've built up. Altars of lust of the flesh. Altars of lust of the eyes. And these altars are, are plentiful through our world today. With the ease of access that there is to pornographic imagery, people have been sacrificing. Sacrificing their homes. Sacrificing their marriages. Sacrificing their innocence. Sacrificing their, their conviction with God. Sacrificing their relationship with the Lord to set wicked things before their eyes. I'm telling you, you got to tear those things down. It's time they come down. It doesn't matter how many people at work are doing it. You've got to tear it down. Some of you are worshiping at the altar of a false god and you're wondering why the Midianites have so much advantage over you. The Midianites have advantage over you because of the altar that you've erected unto the unto the false god. It's burning. There's a sacrifice upon the altar to the false god. Gideon was told by God, you've got to go tear that thing down. It's got to come down. So Gideon goes up at night. He tears down that altar that was built for Baal. And he casts it aside. And he cut down the grove that was by it. And the Bible says that he built an altar unto the Lord. And notice what the Lord said. The Lord said, you're going to take unto you a young bullock of seven years of age. And you're going to sacrifice him upon the altar. Do you hear how old that bullock was? Seven years old. Do you know how long they were impoverished by the Midianites? Seven years. So the day that the Midianites started impoverishing them, this bullock was born. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to just tell you how that ministers to me. 
because my Bible doesn't just describe the sinful condition of humankind. The scriptures don't just explain to us how man fell and how man messed it all up and threw away the innocence God had set aside for him and how that there's a God of this world and the prince of the power of the air and how that the, the enemy comes in like a flood. But the scripture says that before the foundation of the world, there was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So the whole time man had fallen deep in the plan and in the mind of God was always that there would be a lamb crucified, buried, raised from the dead, given power over the enemy. Hallelujah. Gideon, don't worry, because the whole time that the Midianites have been coming in like locusts, there's been a lamb growing up in the flock. There's been a bullock growing up in the flock. The moment Midian moved in, there was a bullock born. You're going to take that bullock. You're going to sacrifice that bullock. Hallelujah. You want to know where your altar is to be built? The altar that you build unto the Lord. The only altar that we have is found 2,000 years ago on Calvary's Hill of Sorrow. Hallelujah. That's the sacrifice. That's where we worship. That's I'm not talking about a physical location. I'm talking about Jesus paid it all. I'm talking about without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Hallelujah. I'm talking about behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. We do not worship at the altar of popularity. We do not worship at the altar of religious tradition. We do not worship at the altar of hypocrisy. We do not worship at the altar of popular culture. We do not worship at the altar of medicine. We do not worship at the altar of popular opinion. We worship at the foot of the cross. We worship, hallelujah, in the faith that God has taken my sins away oh hallelujah I'm going to tell you how to build the altar of the Lord in your life repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that's how you build an altar unto the Lord And I'm going to tell you something. You don't need a new altar. You say, I've already repented of my sins. I've already been baptized in Jesus' name. I've already been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's your altar. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, you don't have to go create some kind of a new theology to make God better, to make God bigger, to make God more deep. You go back to where it all started. Yeah, but I got, but I, I, I've obeyed Acts 2.38 and I've still got issues. Welcome to the club. We all got issues. But I know where to take my issues. I'm taking them to repentance. That's my altar. That's the altar. I said that's the altar. I'm bringing it back to repentance. 
And all over again, I'm going to turn from any wicked way. If it's a wicked way that you are well aware of in your life, turn from it. If it's a wicked way you're being stubborn about, turn from it. If it's a wicked way you're being rebellious about, turn from it. If it's a wicked way you are oblivious to, it's a secret arrogance or ignorance inside of you that everybody else can see but you can't see, turn from it. Come back to the altar. Come back to the altar and say, oh God, help me to turn. I was baptized in Jesus' name. When I was baptized in Jesus' name, I went down as Joel Urshan. And everything that Joel Urshan was and did and said and acted, it all went down into those waters. But when I came up, something happened while I was being laid down in that watery grave. What happened was the name that is above every name, hallelujah, was spoken over my life. The name, hallelujah, of he who was wounded and bruised and chastised and stricken and smitten and afflicted in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. His name was spoken over my life. And when I came up out of that water, Joel stayed in the water. But a new man in Christ Jesus emerged. Thank you, Jesus. That's why you want to talk about my past. You want to talk about my past. You, you and the devil can have a heyday talking about my past. Me and Jesus don't know what you're talking about. know what you've done I don't know where you've been I don't know who you've been with but the blood but the blood but the blood of Jesus has power over every sin you've committed yes it does the blood of Jesus Yes, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Ha! Glory! 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 That's my altar! That's my altar! I don't need Hollywood, I don't need entertainment, I don't need the sports world, I don't need politics, I don't need Republicans, Democrats, any of them. This is my altar. I worship at this altar. He set me free. He broke the chains of bondage in my life. He picked me up. He turned me around. I'm going to tell you what, if you worship at that altar, you'll have the victory. (laughs) 
Oh, I hear it. I hear it. It's funny sometimes. You know, the scripture says that Jesus would be teaching and he would hear people's thoughts. I almost feel like I can hear folks' thoughts right now. I can almost hear, I can hear somebody. Oh, yeah, there he goes again, Acts 2.38. Can't move on the Acts 2.38. Got to keep going back to Acts 2.38. You're right, because that's where the power is. That's where the victory is. And I'm not going to get up here and try to prescribe some placebo that makes people feel better but has no power. I want the power. I want the glory. I want the victory in Jesus. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I worship at the altar of his death, burial, and resurrection. Don't you know that when the Bible says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him? Understand something. That doesn't mean here comes the enemy in like a flood. And God's like, oh, oh, here he comes. Oh, boy. Wow, he's fast. Go get me the standard. What, it's not put together? Well, get somebody to put it together. Hurry, we got to get the standard. The enemy's coming. The enemy's coming. That's not what's going on. The standard was raised at Calvary. That's the standard. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord. Oh, and it's not just his death, it's his burial and his resurrection. Because if that spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he shall quicken your mortal body. When the enemy comes in like a flood, I refuse to be afraid. I refuse to fret. I refuse to dread. I'm going to stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's inside of me. And I'm going to tell you, if you worship at that altar, you don't need a whole host. You don't need 32,000 men. You don't need 10,000 men. All you need is to let your light shine. Don't you know who you're going up against? Yeah, it's the Midianites. They're tearing folks up everywhere. All I got to do is let my light shine. Because I did what God told me to do. 
I repented. I tore down. I tore down those altars that had been built up in my family for generations. I tore down those old altars I used to worship at. I tore them down. I broke them in pieces. I laid them waste. And I built a new altar unto the Lord. I was repentant of my sins. Baptized in his name. Filled with his spirit. I'm just going to let my light shine. Hallelujah. But it's a wicked army. I'm going to let my light shine. Haven't you ever heard of cancer? I'm just going to let my light shine. Haven't you ever heard of divorce? I'm just going to let my light shine. Haven't you ever heard of bankruptcy? I'm just going to let my light shine. Haven't you ever heard of depression? I'm just going to let my light shine. Haven't you ever heard of addiction? I'm just going to let my little light shine. Gideon tore that altar down and he built a new altar up and when he did those Baal worshipers came and said we're going to kill him and Joash Gideon's father said why? If Baal is a god, then let him fight for himself. And from that day forward, he changed his name. He's no longer just Gideon. He's Jerob Baal, the man who contended with Baal. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me tell you something, father, husband, man of the house, your family needs a man who will contend with Baal. Your family needs a man who will cast down altars. I said your family needs a man of God who will walk up into any high place and say, not in my house, not in this family. It's going down, it's going down. Woman of God, you hear what I'm telling you. Your family needs you to be a woman who will contend with Baal, who will stand in the gap in intercessory prayer and say, no, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. Come on, be that woman, be that person who will not go down without a fight. Be that individual who will not just let go of your family. Well, I don't want to be that person. Be that person! Be that one they know will pray. Be that one they know will serve God. You don't have to be holier than thou. You don't have to look down your nose. You don't have to condemn or be self-righteous. Just let your light shine. Let your light shine. Let your light so shine before men.
that they behold your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I feel like God is calling someone today to contend with the Midianites of our world. But before you can contend with the Midianites, you have to contend with Baal. Before you can overcome the fierce enemies threatening the body of Christ, you have to deal with the personal wickedness, mischief, deception that you've built up in your life over time. Somebody lift your hands to him right now. Somebody lift your hands to him right now. Hallelujah. Come on, there's some stuff going down right now. Oh, it's going down. It's about to go down. I said, it's about to go down. Every high thing must come down. Woo! Every high thing must come down. Everything you've ever worshipped that is not of God, it's got to come down. Everything you've said before you that's not of God, it's time to bring it down. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, stand with me right now. The Lord wants to do a work in this house. The Lord wants to do a work in this house. Some of you are worshiping at the altar of fear. And you've been worshiping there for a long time. It's time to come down. It's time to break it down. We're going to break it down and we're going to build an altar unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a young bullock we're going to stretch out over the altar. A lamb without spot, without blemish. Hallelujah. He's going to be nailed to a cross in your life. Hallelujah. And his blood is going to wash away your sins. Oh, bless his name. If you believe that it's for you, I want you to lift up a praise unto God. If you believe that it's for you, just go ahead and lift up a praise unto God. Hallelujah. Come on, if you believe it's for you, lift up a praise unto God. Now here's the moment. Here's the moment. This is where it gets interesting. Because this is where we try to make sure nobody thinks we're backslid. Preacher's going to say, if you've got a need, come down to the front. I can't go down there because I'm too holy to go down there. I'm just, that's for people who don't have it all together. you got to get over that. Look where I am right now. I don't care what anybody thinks. Lord, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. I need somebody to come right now and say I'm tearing one altar down and I'm building another altar today in the name of Jesus. I'm tearing one altar down and I'm building another altar right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, come to the altar. Come to the altar. Come to the altar. Hallelujah. Come on, I want you to take all that stuff that you've allowed to build up in your life. 
where you've been sacrificing so much time and so much energy and lay it down in the name of Jesus. Every high thing shall be broken. We're going to wear the victor's crown. Every high thing must come down. We're going to wear 